Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And uh, we're about done with Wyoming football fall camp. We're in that third week where the team is kind of winding down uh, the self-evaluation portion and, and getting a little look ahead to their opener, which is, you know, this coming up August 27th at Illinois. Uh, as we're recording this, you know, about nine or 10 days away. So uh, it's time to bring in Robert Gagliardi, my longtime friend, Border War co-author and former Wyoming beat writer who's now uh, doing it with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Robert, thanks for hopping on here on short notice. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's always great to join you. Uh, caught me at a good time. And uh, no, it's it's great to talk some football and some hoops this time of year. Yeah, have you uh, had a chance to catch any fish? I mean, we'll start with hoops. I, I just caught up with Jeff Linder yesterday, uh, and he just got back from a fishing trip in Jackson area mm -hmm. uh, after a, a trip to Greece with the Cowboys. How's how's your fishing game going? Well, it's it's not too bad. It's I think like any any angler would say, there's never you you never get enough fishing in, and that's certainly been the case. But when I've been able to get out, it's. Uh, had some pretty good success and seeing you know a decent amount of water around the state at least the places i've been to so that's a a welcome sight as in past years but uh hope to still get a little bit more in but uh you know work does call and plus we're getting get closer to, to sports season now too so it's uh it, it's it's fun and exciting but uh fishing's been good but uh hopefully there's still more to come and i'm sure coach linder would agree there's never enough time to get to get fishing in so absolutely and, and that may be the key to wyoming keeping Linder around is he's really obsessed with fishing. I know, you know, in addition to Jackson area, I think he's uh, fished, you know, in Saratoga and uh, the Miracle Mile and just about everywhere, all the big stops in Wyoming. And, and I think he really is an avid fisherman. So hopefully these, uh, these people with uh, access to some of these spots will keep inviting him and uh, you know, he'll be here. He'll be the Mark few of Gonzaga, like he hinted at, you know, the Mark Few of Wyoming, like he hinted at in the spring. Well, tell Coach Linder, because again, when he took over, I had already, I just left. Tell Coach Linder, I know some places in Southwest Wyoming that I have access to that are, that are, uh, that a lot of people don't. So I'm happy to take him fishing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you get a chance next time you, you, you see him, you know, tell him that. And I'm, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to play guide and take him fishing. And, and you too, we, we can all go. We can all go. I'll pass that along. You know, it, it's kind of a unique uh, time for Wyoming basketball because normally this time of year, you would just talk football almost exclusively because football, you know, obviously is the, is the straw that stirs the drink for athletic departments financially and, and really interest wise with fan bases typically, but, you know, I think a lot of people are really excited about Wyoming basketball, even though it's only August and, you know, they recently went on a foreign trip to Greece and, you know, Jeff said, you know, maybe the level of competition wasn't that great and it's not really, the results weren't really something he was worried about, but to get, you know, the returning cast, mixed in with some of these newcomers and just bond on airplanes and hotels and, and automobiles and trains and all that, seeing the sights, you know, what a, what a great year to have one of those foreign trips. Yeah. I think, you know, I think for, I think any program you talk to that makes these trips, and I think what the NCAA rules are, what I think it can do one every one, every four years, I believe it is, 
you know, and, you know, whether you have an experienced roster or a young roster or a little bit of a mix, those, those are always good things. But, you know, I think what's really good about it too, Ryan, is, as you know, you know, whether it's, you know, especially basketball, you know, they, these guys spend the majority of their summers in Laramie, you know, working out, going to school, doing those things. And that's great. That's, that, that's important. But when you're able to, to tie that into, to actual competition, and like you said, then go on a, on a, on a trip and, and, and even if, if anything, just bond and get to know your teammates, even teammates that have been together for four or five years, you know, get to know them better. I think that could, that's, that can just be so invaluable. You know, you're right. You know, the, the results of the games maybe aren't as substantial as maybe, you know, some maybe think, you know, but you still got to play competition and see what you have. And, you know, I'm sure Coach Linder and his staff saw some things they liked. They probably saw some things they probably need to work on. And it's, I think sometimes it's, it's, it's more advantageous to do it in a setting like that when you go on a trip or, you know, an exhibition type tour of those types of things than it is in the gym against each other all the time. So, you know, I, I can only think this can only help the Cowboys moving forward with, you know, what they want to do, what they maybe need to continue to work on and things like that. I just, I just think this is just a, a win-win for them. I watched the first game they played on YouTube uh, the stream of it. And Jeff said that was the the most competitive team they played. The other two weren't, you know, quite as competitive. And, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, I think there were some funny things going on with the scoreboard where, you know, I mean, I think thought they had a pretty big lead at halftime and then they came out and it wasn't so le- <laughs> I don't know. There were some strange things going on, you know, that were lost in translation, but you know, I watched that one and, you know, X, uh, Xavier Ducell made a big three to kind of help pull away. Their defense was really good down the stretch. Jeremiah Oden made a spectacular block on a breakaway uh, layup attempt by the Greek team. Uh, some other things that kind of caught my eye beyond, you know, just Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado looking a lot like they did last year, maybe even better. Uh I was really impressed with Caden Powell. You know, there's been a lot of focus on the three Pac-12 transfers, but uh, Caden Powell is a 6'10 freshman from Texas, and defensively he's really good, and and he looks like, you know, somebody who could maybe learn from Graham Ike and maybe be the heir apparent someday. Yeah, you know, I mostly just saw some odds. I wasn't able to watch any of the streaming, but – I kind of gathered that and, and actually reading your story that you posted today about that, that was, that was really encouraging. And also it, in, you know, was also kind of encouraging as you met, you know, guys like, you know, Jeremiah Oden and Brandon Wenzel, who, you know, played significant roles last year for Wyoming, but, you know, I'm not saying they're ready to come into their own. Maybe they are, I don't know, but it seemed like these guys after, you know, a year in the program and kind of being more familiar with what coach Linder wants and just what's kind of expected overall to, you know, now it's it's kind of like, what's the next step for those guys? And I think, if anything, we maybe saw some flashes of maybe what those next steps could be going into next season. I thought that was also, you know, very encouraging. And like you said, you know, you know, we, we kind of know what to expect from a, from the from Hunter Maldonado, Maldonado, Graham E.K. and those guys. And you know, obviously you want to continue to see them make make strides and progress, you know. But I, I think, you know, I was impressed with, you know, Odin and even, you know, me mentioned Ducell and those guys, you know, they're, you know, they're back, they're important roles, they're important players, but they also, it's what's next in their progression. And I think we maybe saw some glimpses of that, perhaps again, like you said, the competition, take that for what it's worth. But I did, I do think we saw some flashes of maybe what's next in these guys' progression going into this coming season. Yeah, it was interesting because, 
the guy really Linder seemed the most excited about wasn't a newcomer. It was Brendan Wenzel. Mm-hmm. He basically, you know, retold the story that when he transferred in from Utah in the spring of 21, you know, he wasn't really ready to compete and to, he kind of walked in like I'm coming from the PAC 12 and now I'm in Wyoming. I'm just going to show up and do my thing. And, and Linder told him, you might be the first guy to enter the portal twice in one semester. And you need to decide what your focus is. And from that time on, his development and his focus and changing his body, improving his game, being a selfless role player, I think that's going to change now. I think he's going to be one of the main players on this team going forward. And and that's really encouraging. You know, he split time with Dussel as far as starting last year. I think just from what I'm hearing from Linder, it sounds like Wenzel's really establishing himself as a starter. And now, you know, with Drake Jeffries moving on to the professional level, you know, do you start X and Brendan? I think that's something you worry about later on. But I definitely think Wenzel is uh, an impressive guy, a developmental guy. Um, so really, Wyoming has four impact transfers, they think, from the Pac-12, which is kind of a unique situation for a Mountain West team. I know San Diego State gets a few uh, you know, Nevada's had good luck with transfers over the years, but, you know, it, it's still a gamble when you bring in guys from other schools. And it looks like so far Wyoming has hit really well with the portal. And, and I think bonding on a trip like this can only help that chemistry. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, and you mentioned this in, in your story, Ryan, about, you know, one of the one of the transfers that the, the point guard from USC wasn't able to go because of a mailroom thing with his passport or something but that yeah, you know, that's out that's a major bummer ethan anderson the usc transfer you know i know a lot of the diehards that watched on youtube wanted to know why he wasn't there you know and it really was an innocent thing in terms of he was you know had to get a passport the passport agency sent his passport to wyoming for, for whatever reason it kind of got lost in the mailroom or and the mailroom ended up shipping it back to the passport agency maybe they didn't know who he was exactly or how to get it to him. And and by the time they figured it out, it was too late. That's really a shame to miss a trip like that. And Linder felt bad for him, but he said at the same time, he's been, he was with the team for eight weeks practicing and getting to know them. And it looked really good. So it, it's a minor setback, but it, you hate to see a kid miss out on a, you know, one of those lifetime trips like that. Absolutely. And I shouldn't like, like most fans are certainly curious of what, what, what he's going to bring, but then, you know, we've seen, you know, obviously we've seen Maldonado play the point, you know, we'll probably see that some too, but then Noah Reynolds got a lot of time on that tour and, and I'm sure even in practice too, and that can only help too. We saw him, saw Reynolds a little bit last year, you know, but now, you know, maybe, you know, with, with this extra time, this extra, these reps, this, this experience in Greece, you know, you can never have enough talent. You know what I mean, Ryan? And so, you know, when you get Anderson in this fold, you know, maybe Reynolds is ready to take his next level of his progression those are good. Those aren't problems. Those are good things for, for Jeff Linder and his staff to figure out of who, who's going to help. And, you know, maybe it's more of a gut thing, you know, matchup thing, depending who they're playing. But I think those extra reps for Reynolds on this trip is certainly going to, it's got to benefit him. I got I got to think. Yeah. That's one positive that comes out with the, the disappointing, uh, you know, with Anderson not being able to go is Reynolds did get some more experience even than he, than he, that he, that he would have otherwise with, you know, I think Ethan Anderson will run a lot of the point uh, at times, which will let Maldo play off the ball and, and create mismatches and on different parts of the floor. And I, I was really impressed with Reynolds 
last year when he did get a shot. You know, I think he's a kind of a fearless downhill type of player. Um, speaking of talent, um, Max Agonpolo, the uh, other USC transfer, who was a top 60 national recruit coming out of high school, played three years with the Trojans. You know, they they had some deep NCAA tournament runs while he, he was there with Anderson. You know, Linder said basically this is a guy who flashes first-round NBA talent, and then he kind of disappears for a while, and it's all about this coaching staff getting that consistency out of him, and he could be a special player. And then the other uh, Pac-12 transfer this year is – Jake Kaiman from UCLA, who was stuck behind, you know, a list of NBA guys while he was with the Bruins. And obviously they made a final four run when he was there. And he is a guy who can really help with three with Drake leaving. And Jeff said even more of an aggressive player than Drake, where Drake was more of a catch and shoot. You know, obviously he could hit daggers from anywhere, but it uh, sounds like Kaiman can, can come off the ball screens and either knock it down or drive to the basket. So, uh, you know, th- those are two impressive pieces uh, from two impressive programs that are, you know, competing just to be in the rotation and aren't guaranteed that they'll even start on this team. Right. So it's, yeah, Ryan, it's it's exciting to talk about. And obviously, you know, getting this little taste of this this experience they got in Greece, I think is just, it's just, it's just amping up those, you know, expectations. And, you know, I think we talked about this on one of our other podcasts is I don't remember a time where there's been this much excitement leading, you know, with, with Cowboy basketball, especially this time of year, as you just mentioned. I mean, I remember, you know, when Steve McLean, when they went to the NCAA tournament, a lot of those guys came back the next year. I know there was a lot of excitement there that, you know, maybe this is as much or more excitement since that time. And even, you know, and that's great. You know, um, it's, it's, it's fun to, to be, you know, it's fun to have meaningful men's Wyoming men's basketball talk this time of year, you know, and that doesn't mean we're writing football off or anything, but it's just been a long time. We're talking 20 plus years that there's been this much excitement around Cowboy basketball. And look, the bottom line is the results have to happen on the court when the games count, you know, but that's, you know, that's another you know, that's another credit to Jeff Linder and his staff, Ryan. I mean, look, what they did last year, getting the NCAA tournament, um, like like you said in your story, they finished fourth. They're here to they're, they want to win Mountain West Championships. So there's 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 still things to go, but that's another that's another big accomplishment for 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 Linder and, and this staff, Ryan, is just the, the generating the excitement, you know. And and granted, you know, we know Wyoming's only showing town, you know, people will back it if you know if things if they have reason to and you know, he's still continuing to do that. He, you know, with what he's bringing in and how his staff is working with these guys and what they're doing, that's a big component to this program, right? And especially at Wyoming, you know, when you're isolated, you're smaller, all this stuff that we all know about and all the fans know about, you know, it's not, it's, it's not just building the excitement, but it's backing it up. And I think this staff is doing a good job with that, with the pieces they're bringing in. And that can only, you know, hopefully lead to bigger and better things as we get closer to the season. Yeah, I mean, even if they just brought back last year's cast, it would be exciting because, you know, Graham's going to get better. Hunter is, you know, as seasoned a veteran as you can possibly be in college basketball. That would have been exciting. But, you know, they hit a wall last year. A lot of that had to do with the schedule, the COVID every other, every two nights they were playing a big time Mountain West game. Mm -hmm. They ran out of gas. And then also the usage rate on, on Graham and Hunter, like we've talked about, wore them down a bit. So 
now you don't just come back with those guys. You add these pieces we've been talking about that are high-end recruits who have NCAA tournament experience that have great chemistry. All three of those guys played together as kids growing up in L.A. You know, obviously Anderson and, and Max played together at USC. They're all great friends. I think the chemistry is going to be good, and now you have the depth Quality depth, I don't remember this much quality depth. I mean, Ethan didn't go because of the passport snafu, and, and Kenny Foster is still making his way back um, from a back injury that has cropped up this summer. But the other 11 guys, Linder was raving about pretty much all of them, you mm-hmm. know, all the way down to Nate Barnhart, the seven-footer who redshirted last year and is now grabbing offensive rebounds and can hit threes. And, and Jeff said, I can't play 13 guys. Mm-hmm. But 13 guys might have the talent to play, so they have to sort that out. But you're talking about a very deep rotation. And I asked Jeff, will that change the style of play, you know, having that depth? You know, and he said, you're still going to feed Graham. You're still going to do some back down stuff with Maldo because it's so effective. But they want to have a faster pace, I think, because, you know, Anderson, when he gets the ball, he can really get, get down the court. Uh, Max can really get down the court. So they want to get some more transition baskets, make things easier in the in the transition game with you know some dunks and and all that stuff. And they want to be a, an elite defensive team. And there's no excuse not to give maximum effort on that end when you know you have a sub that can come in if you if you need a, some rest on that end. So, you know, I think that's the focus is more transition hoops, uh, maybe some throwback to dunk town. What was it? What was Laramie uh, and Nance when they were dunking the yeah. ball? Dunktown. Get yeah. back to some a little bit of Dunktown, uh, elite defense, and then you still have your bread and butter with EK and Maldonado. I think that's uh, a pretty good recipe. Uh, you know, Linder said, you know, that's all great that we want to play with pace and do this and that. But when you get into conference play and everyone has the scouting report, in those big games against San Diego State and Boise State, you're going to have to execute in the half court. But I think it'll be fun in the non-conference to kind of see, you know, them experiment with uh, different plays with all these different players. Yeah, and I, I think it also affords them, Ryan, to to be pretty versatile too. You know, I think they can, you know, seems, you know, they should be able to, to push it a little bit. But, you know, we've seen them run their half court stuff. Now, again, you got to execute it this coming season. You know, you can't rest on your laurels from last year or anything like that, but it just seems like depending on matchups and, and how, you know, games are going, you know, we saw last year, a lot of times, you know, who had the hot hand. Sometimes it was, it was Jeffries last year. Sometimes it was Maldo. Sometimes it was Wenzel, you know, Ducell. They're, they're very versatile, you know? So if, 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 if a team wants to push it with them, I, I think it seems like they've got the personnel, they can do it. If they want to try to clamp down and, and collapse on on ek and and, and make him beat him. you know they, they've got those pieces you know to me you know it's always dangerous obviously you know i'm sure most coaches you know hey we want to be able to do x y and z that's fine but to be able to be versatile depending on how a game goes how a game's called even you know all that stuff it seems like wyoming has some versatility to it a lot you know along the lines with that depth to where if they need to be fast, they can do it. If they want to be a little bigger, they could probably do that. If they want to go smaller, they can. That's, that's a nice thing to have. Yeah. There's a lot of decisions, a lot of choices, but that's why Jeff Linder and his staff are being paid to make those decisions, but to be able to have those options to play big, play small, play fast, play slow, whatever. 
those are nice things to have because there's a lot of programs, you know, even power five programs in the country. They don't have luxury of doing that. They're pretty kind of set in how they have to play. Wyoming seems like they have the, the pieces now or pieces this year to play a lot of different styles. So if you're really uh, chomping at the bit for hoops, uh, I guess you could think about the green day song, wake me when September ends because October 1st, Jeff said they're going to have an open scrimmage at the double a open to the public, open to all fans, anyone who wants to watch October 1st. And that's going to be before the Wyoming San Jose state football game. So uh, mark that down, but we don't want to get through September, Robert, because, you know, we love football. Absolutely. We love college football. And September is a huge month for Craig Bull and the Cowboys. They have five games in September. Uh, four of them are just huge matchups, I think. And it all starts uh, August 27th at Illinois. The countdown is clock is really ticking. Um just based on what you've been following as far as camp storylines and, and and what's coming out of the mouths of the coaching staff and the players, what are your impressions of, of Wyoming as the season gets closer compared to what you thought, you know, six months ago? You know, I think from, you know, from, from afar, Ryan, I think it's, it's kind of like, look, you know, this this team has has three seniors on it, okay, and they, they got, got now they got players that have played in games. It's not like they're all freshmen or anything like that, but it seems like camp has kind of gone, you know, a lot of the ways of a of a somewhat inexperienced football team. Um, there's been some highs, there's some lows, you know, you know, fall camp's a grind. It just is, and even if you're the most experienced team in the country, you're going to have those 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 ups and downs. Sounded like yesterday was kind of a tough day for the Cowboys, you know, reading your stuff. Um, it just seemed like it was one of those days. Now, do you chalk that up to the rigors of camp? Do you chalk that up to maybe some immaturity on the team saying, oh, we're just in spiders or in shells or whatever they call it. We can kind of take a day off. We can kind of quote unquote rest. I don't know, but those are some of the things, you know, I just think there's been times in camp from what I've seen that are read, not seen, but just read and just observed, you know, is, this is a young football team still trying to find its way in some ways. And uh, that can be a little unnerving because, you know, it's not, you just can't just turn it on on game day, you know, even if you are an experienced roster. So I think there's been some of that. I think, you know, a lot of the things that we thought, you know, should, would be solid with this team. I think have proven it, proven it. You know, I think the running backs are are very good. Um, it seems like the offensive line, at least the starters have, have, have kind of have come around a little bit. Uh, even some of the question marks, it seems like they've got some some answers or are getting very close to some answers as far as some starters there. Um, you know, I think they like, um, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen with them still, Ryan, and maybe you sh- you can give some insight of what's going to happen at, on the interior part of the defensive line as far as the backups go and how, how that will go. You know, we've talked about, you know, they've got a lot of young defensive ends that, you know, have shown flashes, but, you know, they lost the Alabama transfer to the hip injury. Um, you know, how are those guys going to be? You know, what's the nickel situation going to be like, especially depth-wise after losing, you know, Buck Coors, you know, who was competing for playing time, let alone maybe a starting job. You know, sounds like the transfer cornerbacks are making some some strides along with the guys that played last year. Um 
I guess more than anything, I'm just still wondering what's depth going to look like on the defensive side of the ball in, you know, in a lot of positions. You could probably name every single position, whether it's defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker through the secondary. I think we kind of have a general idea of what we may see from the starters or who those guys may be. But what's what's going to happen behind it? Because we know, Ryan, you can't just play your starters all the time on defense. You've got to have some rotation there at least in, mo- in in those spots. So where's that going to turn out? That's some of the stuff I'm kind of gathering uh, from fall camp to this point. Yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, flaw in this team right now is, you know, they don't have, you know, it's like any group of five team. Wyoming feels really good about their starting players right now, I think, just from the vibe at almost every position. And, and you're right, at most positions, the backups are – you know, you ask about it and the coaches have to think about it for a minute. Okay, who's performing well today and who's who's up and who's down? Like, to your point about camp, you know, after Wednesday's practice, Bull was steamed when he came in. And, uh, you know, it was me and a couple other media guys are there and he was steamed and he temporarily canceled the press conference <laughs> and wisely so. And then he had a little cooling off period and came back and, and kind of just said, you know, that's the immaturity that they didn't have a, a consistent effort. And, but after the cooling off period, he realized, you know, this is a young team and this is the point of camp where they're tired and they're beaten down a little bit. And maybe some of it was a little uh, strategical on his part to light the fire again as they, as they get through the dog days of summer here. So uh, yeah, but I think overall they're pleased with the camp as far as replacing guys that left from last year um, finding that that new wave of talent to to be front end starters, but yeah, to your point, there is depth issues on both lines. I believe uh, there is, you know, I don't think there's a depth crisis at nickel, but they did lose Buck Coors the other day. So you have Malik Singleton, a true freshman, is going to be the backup at nickel to Keontae Glinton. It appears super talented kid, but you know, a freshman. Uh, you know, the thing that is encouraging, though, you know, with the starting defense is, you know, I kind of asked Easton Gibbs, first of all, did all the optimism from the spring and summer carry over into camp? And what do you think the identity of the defense is now that you've kind of found these defensive ends? And, and you know, Ja'Cory Hawkins looks really good at one corner. Cam Stone looks really good at the other corner. Daron Harrell is, they do have a little depth there because I think he could start as well at corner so you know what is what do you think the identity is now that you've identified all these pieces uh to replace all everything you lost from last season you said speed this is a faster defense than we've had here for a while you know and and i know easton can run and i know those corners can really run and these defensive ends are more of the tall skinny fast type of defensive ends so you know they think that combination with big with sturdy Cole Goodbow and, and Jordan Burton only inside can really be, you know, something they can work with, you know, and I know Jay Savell's going to try some different things, some different stunts, some different blitzes, some different looks just to change things up. Um, make sure things aren't stale. You have new players, you can try new things. So uh, I think the fact that they have a fast, confident defense going into the opener is a good thing. And to your point, I think the biggest concern would be, staying healthy until you can, you know, get some of these backups in place. Right. 
You know, and I think, Ryan, we, we talked about this too. I think it sounds like the worst kept secret in Laramie is who's going to be the starting quarterback. It seems like, you know, reading your stuff, it seems like it's 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 Andrew Peasley. I know Craig, Craig Bull hasn't, you know, tipped his hand at that, and, and maybe they won't, And you know, leading up to the first game, depending on how that first depth chart looks like on game week. Um, you know, are you still feeling that way? You know, I know one thing from my, my years of covering, uh, uh, wanting football with Craig Bull, he, he, he doesn't like the two quarterback thing. Um, right. you know, he'll play two quarterbacks if it's necessary, but that's usually because, you know, maybe the first guy's not playing well. I don't think we're going to see that. Correct me if I'm wrong with that, but do you anticipating be, you know, Andrew Peasley still, uh, is there anything that's went, you know, wavering in that area and, you know, do you think we'll see Evan Swoboda, you know, will we see him if, if Peasley struggles, you know, is Peasley going to have a pretty long leash? You know, what, what, what's your gauge on that as we, as we're getting closer to game day? My gauge is that, you know, Andrew Peasley is the starter. Uh, but I understand why they don't want to name a starter. I wouldn't name a starter. I mean, right. you want, you have a bunch of competition going on right now. So why in that early? Uh, I think that's, I think two things can be true. Evan Svoboda really started to come on last week and Craig Bull wanted to make sure that Andrew heard about that and that Craig noticed that just to keep the competition going. But but Svoboda has a long way to go as far as developing. Andrew Peasley has, you know, four years of experience at Utah State. Granted, he wasn't the starter, but he's an experienced guy. And with so many new parts, I think you want the most experience you can possibly have at quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and I think he has a good connection with, you know, Jackson Marcotte and Joshua Cobbs and a lot of the older targets that they'll be leaning on in the passing game. And they're just looking for a fitch- efficiency there, not for, you know, a guy like Evan to be the next Josh Allen right away. So right. I think they want to try Peasley out and I think he'll have a fairly long leash. Um but we'll see. I think uh, the Illinois game is huge. Illinois is not a great Power 5 team. They are a very bad Power 5 team who, with a good coach who's going to turn things around, but it's a work in progress there. This is a game you need to play well. I'm not saying you have to win it, but you cannot take a beating by Illinois because they are not a good team. Right. And then I think the last thing for me, Ryan, is going back to camp is, you know, I remember the last few years covering – team myself you know that you know we know look Wyoming's gonna run the football you know that's the way it's going to be but we you know that yeah you know we're you know we want to get our tight ends involved more you know we want to you know get wide receivers more involved we know what's happened of the guys that have left and all that stuff but still Ryan I'm I'm curious if of how much we're going to see of that you know we're going to see it a lot early on in you know in this first game is it something that's going to develop over time is it you know is it going to be gradual it will you know I don't think Wyoming's going to throw the ball 40 times. At least they're not, their plan is to not throw it 40 times in any game, let alone in the opener. But, you know, you know, they, I think there's some guys there. You, you know, Trayton Welsh is a, you know, tight end. They li- I know that they like Parker Christensen. You know, the Marcotte's story is just, just incredible. You know, Joshua Cobbs, you know, at wide receiver, it's his turn. You know, Gunnar Gentry's coming back. You know, I've heard Wyatt Whelan's name for the last five springs, it seems like that how great he's been, but then it's, you know, it's season that we're not seeing much. So, you know, who's going to emerge as far as the pass catchers. And then again, it, it works all the way. You know, you've got to have the protection up front. You've got to have the quarterback making the reads and delivering the ball. And then obviously those receivers or tight ends, you know, finishing those plays. So how's that going to go? Are, are we finally going to see, are we going to see a more balanced attack? Or are we going to see, you know, are we going to see power run all the time? You know, and I think a lot of Wyoming fans are feeling that way. 
Um, so I'm curious of how that evolution is going to be or how that progress is going to be, what kind of progress is going to be made there. Cause I think we can agree, Ryan, that look, this team, you know, is bread and butter is going to run the ball. That's it's a power running team, but they got to be able to do more than that. And if they can, they can open up that power run game even a little bit more, but who's going to step up. And I think it's not just talking about a receiver or what or whatever it's the whole unit, but who are those guys going to be? I think it has to be a committee of all those older guys you mentioned. I think Sean Chambers and Levi Williams both were fixated, and I understand why, on Isaiah Nayor last year. He was the guy, the go-to guy. Everyone in the stadium knew it. Certainly the defensive coordinators knew it. I think losing a talent like that, I think now you're going to have to spread it around. I don't think you're going to have one guy with 15 touchdowns or 13 touchdowns, whatever Nayor had. I think you're going to have – a bunch of guys with three or four touchdown catches. Hopefully mm-hmm. here Peasley, you spread it around, get those numbers. So by committee there, and you're right, it's going to be the Titus Swin show. And at times the DeWine McNeely show, and maybe even uh, some DQ James action in there, hopefully. Uh, so it'll be fun. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll know everything or a lot more after the Illinois game. I think, uh, that's the beauty of football. Everyone looks good right now, whether you're the Broncos offense going against the Broncos defense or the lowly Colorado Buffalo offense going against the lowly Colorado Buffalo defense. I mean, I've seen that before where the I used to cover the buffs and they look great and then they play Oregon and it's not so great. And you realize both, both the reason they look great is because neither side was great. So you just don't know. And, and even Craig Bull always says, that first quarter, he wants to see, okay, do I have a football team or not? Mm-hmm. And you don't know. And, and then halfway through the first quarter, you're like, maybe last year, Montana State, maybe he's like, oh, no, maybe we're not what we said we were. And maybe this year, like, okay, we've got some here. That'll right. be the fun of going to Illinois and watching this team in Champaign. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's right around the corner, Ryan. It's hard to believe. I don't know. Summer's gone by fast and, you know, seems like football season even goes faster, even though it's a whirlwind and it's busy and there's a lot of stuff, but summer's blown by, you know, it's, it's, it's football season and let's just, you know, let's hope we can savor it and enjoy it and hopefully catch your breath between football and then when basketball overlaps and everything. But I'm going to just end this with finish this question, you know, summers always go fast and obviously the seasons go fast. Why doesn't winter go fast, Ryan? How come summers go by so fast where you think like, oh, it's summer, we're going to do this and that. And yeah, there's work and there's that. But then before you know it, it's gone. But it doesn't seem like way that way in winter. What, you know? Can you enlighten me here? Can you help me out with that? Well, I think this winter is going to go fast because you're going to have the Wyoming basketball team doing things until late March. We'll see. And then you got to get through April, which is a tough month in Wyoming. But I think we can do it. All right. Thanks so much. Let's uh, pick some week zero games next week. What do you say? Sounds great. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. If you want to read about Linder and company or DQ James or any of the football coverage, go to trib.com. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll talk to you next time.